You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with my good friend, John Beeler. We are uh, a show dedicated to the world of technology. Everything digital from gadgets to smartphones uh, to just general tech like social media as well. And in our program today, it's uh, chock full of it. We'll uh, be chatting uh, with uh, a a YouTuber that is actually using YouTube to make lots of money. So hopefully we'll gleam some little nuggets of information off him to make us richer. (laughs) That's the dream, right? Uh, We will also be talking with the folks over at the Ego Power Tools company. As you know, John, I've been using Ego stuff for a number of years now. Yes. These are battery-powered electric lawnmowers, blowers, even chainsaws. I'm, I'm actually blown away by how powerful these things are. Like, I've been using their blower yeah. this fall. I never thought I could get an electric blower that would be powerful, as powerful as, like, a gas-powered one. Yeah, no, I mean, they're, you couldn't tell the difference performance-wise. No, but they're a lot quieter. And then there's a kind of a, a bit of an uproar now uh, about some of these gas-powered tools like leaf blowers, saying that, you know, they spit out more pollution than cars yeah like I, I've, I've read somewhere that like one gas powered blower is like blowing out the same amount of pollution as like 15 cars and they're also really obnoxious oh they're super loud yeah because <laughs> in my neighborhood i've got some some neighbors that uh really like to make their yards look good yeah. and so they're constantly out there blowing the leaves away with their gas powered blowers and it's like starting at eight thirty in the morning yeah on the weekend I'm trying to sleep still. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we'll be talking with the Ego folks. They've got some really cool uh, stuff uh, that you'll uh, want to hear about if you've been uh, thinking about getting into the battery-powered tools for your home. Uh, we'll also be talking about crypto mining. And this is interesting because we know about Bitcoin. What is it worth, like fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 per Bitcoin? It changes every minute. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about where they come from and how some enterprising thieves are stealing electricity to make these bitcoins over in Quebec and Quebec Hydro trying to crack down on this. Remember the old grow-ups, right? That's right. They're always trying to clamp down on the grow-ups because they used a lot of electricity. Well, these these uh, these crypto farms are doing the same thing now. They actually probably use more than those grow-ups yeah. did, yeah. It's fascinating. But we're also going to get a primer from our uh, good friend Gray Williams uh, on how these things are actually made. And how much money he's making a month off. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's, he's hilarious. <laughs> he's always got some angle to do that, right? Yeah. Uh, but it's not as hard as you think. No. No. It's going to have a bit of upfront money to, to make it all happen. Okay. Let's get into some of the news, uh, John. Uh, this was kind of uh, interesting. Tesla. <laughs> this kind of pisses me off. <laughs> I, I finally bought a Tesla wall char- charger for my home. A level two wall charger. Yes, because I was just using the regular outlet before. Yeah. It wasn't fast, but it was good enough to give me almost enough charge every day. Yeah. But eventually I thought, I got to I gotta get this level two wall charger. So it's increased the, the charging time like fivefold. Right. It's amazing. Anyway, so I just spent like 800 bucks on this thing. Yeah. And Tesla just announced there's a new one, <laughs> which the new one actually will not only charge Tesla's, but it's got the universal adapter as well. So you can charge my car with it. Yeah. Well, I wish I'd, you know, if I just waited like literally a month, <laughs> like one month. See, I don't have a level two. This is compelling for me now. Yes. And it's in the right price point. 
Yeah. It's cheaper. Yeah. It's cheaper than the one I bought. And it can, it has more compatibility. Yeah. See, the problem is Tesla's got their own connector, of course. Yeah. And so you've got the regular connector that every other car uses. Right. So when you come to my house now, you can't charge on my charger. No, and I hate that. I know. But you can if you buy a $200 adapter. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> oh, technology got me again. Uh, another interesting thing uh, with Tesla's, you know, they've got cameras all around the car. They've got something called sentry mode. So yeah, you've got like 11 cameras or something crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Well, they use that for the automated driving, and, but also for security. Right. So if someone tries to break into my car or do something to it, it sets the cameras off and I can get that footage. It, it puts it onto a little USB stick and I can take that to my computer. Yay. <laughs> I, have I ever done that? No. No. Uh, however, now they've got a new feature rolling out to Teslas that have the premium connectivity package, which is like, I forget, 15 bucks a month here in Canada. You can live stream the video. So I could be in the office here. And if I want to see what's happening around my car, I could just go to the Tesla app and check it out. That's kind of cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's like having a, 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 a portable remote home security system. I know. I love it. Yeah. It's like, it's like Night Rider. <laughs> The times we live in. Uh, this is another um, interesting uh, thing here, John. Boeing has got the green light for satellite internet or satellite internet constellation. constellation. So we've heard about Starlink, right? Yeah. They're launching hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of these little low earth orbit satellites to provide internet to the world. Yeah. So now it looks like Boeing wants to get into that game. Yeah, with 132 satellites into low Earth orbit. So it's going to be very congested up there. How do these things not like hit each There must be thousands of satellites up there now. Plus all the space junk. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, it's insane. But it, it'll be interesting though, John, because right now we rely on terrestrial cable and DSL from our internet service providers. Like, will the governments try to regulate this so that... Well, we've talked about this before when Starlink was first announced. It'd be great if we could just use Boeing or Starlink as our cellular providers. Yeah. Or cell phone providers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, see, that would mess up everything. Of course. Yeah. Huge disruption. Yeah. But it'd be awesome. It would be. But the government, the government makes billions, John, on the spectrum auctions. You know, the, yeah. the wireless channel auctions. Yeah. So, so no. <laughs> <laughs> Is the government looking out for us? I don't know. Okay, we're going to have to take a break. When we come back, are you still trying to figure out where Bitcoins come from? Well, we're going to explain it all and how some people are stealing electricity to actually make them. Back after this. You are back with the program. Mike and John here. We've got a good friend, Gray Williams, on the line, our uh, regular Get Connected uh, co-host. Thanks for coming uh, on the show again, Gray. I was glad to be here. Uh, we're going to talk crypto mining. Yeah. Uh, this is how things like Bitcoins are made. Uh, interesting story out of Quebec. Uh, Quebec Hydro is trying to clamp down on crypto thieves, I guess, or energy thieves. Uh, people that are essentially stealing electricity from the grid to, uh, I guess, power their crypto rigs, uh, essentially really powerful computers that are mining cryptocurrencies. So before we dive into this a bit more, Gray, try to explain in English <laughs> how 
crypto mining works. I think a lot of people are familiar with Bitcoin. It's like a, a digital currency, but I don't think everyone fully understands still. And even I get kind of confused about it. Like, how are these made? Where did they come from? Sure. And, and so basically, when we think about Bitcoin, the digital currency is part of it, but it really is what we call a distributed ledger. And so this ledger is something that cannot be faked, cannot be uh, defrauded. It is a series of ledgers that are across you know, millions of computers now around the world. And so this makes it extremely reliable for conducting and, transactions. And, and whose computers are they on? So this, this is on ordinary people's computers. Uh, businesses have purchased computers uh, you know, in the thousands. And the reason for doing this is because Bitcoin is a blockchain technology that relies on something called proof of work. And so there is an algorithm, series of equations that uh, each of these computers is solving. It's using computing power to do this. Uh, and this essentially is providing the backbone of this network for all these transactions to take place through. By solving these equations, you are rewarded. Right, as a as a Bitcoin miner or somebody who's providing the, uh, the the reliability of this network and making sure that all of these ledgers are all equally uh, backed up and make sure they all reflect the same thing. So, the idea here is you get your computer to do this, and because you're doing it, you're basically going through this blockchain equation. When you solve one of these equations, you can be rewarded for it. So that's kind of the, the quote, unquote mining piece of it. So they're getting um, a little piece of a Bitcoin, for example. Yes. Yeah. You, you, you don't basically, it's not like the uh, like you know, the prospecting, oh, I struck gold, I struck a Bitcoin. That does not happen. Basically, what you're doing is you're assembling bits of a Bitcoin as you go through and solve these equations. And it's a really great way to, uh, again, provide the resiliency of this network, make sure the distributed ledger is always going to be up to date. Um, and this was you know, really the first major blockchain technology. So just so we can understand it even more. So I've got a computer. Uh, you have to have a powerful one with a powerful graphics card. Uh, what program am I using to, to mine the currency? So, so there are lots of different pieces of mining software out there. And basically what they're doing is they're going out to the, uh, the blockchain, figuring out what needs to be solved. So it brings it back, solves it on your computer. And the software, and knows, what to, the software knows to do this. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so this, I mean, you know, when this first started, it was far more complex. It's very easy. Now you can go and you can download a piece of mining software to do this. Um, and essentially a lot of these pieces of mining software, you can work on your own or you can be part of a mining pool. Uh, and a mining pool basically means that you need to do less work in order to be involved in, you know, getting to the point where there is a reward, but the reward is distributed across everybody in that mining pool. Um, you know, Bitcoin right now for people with ordinary computer rigs is not terribly profitable. There Why? Are Why is that? Computers, well, the equations become too difficult. Okay. Right. And so there's something called the halving that happens where this, these equations become more difficult as time goes on. There's only ever going to be 21 million Bitcoins in existence. You know, they say that like some thousands or hundreds of thousands or even you know, over a million have been lost already. That's why this is currency is deflationary. You can't print more Bitcoin. Um, and so there, there's specialized pieces of hardware that people are using. Um, some of them are called ASICs, which are specified pieces of, of, of computing technology that have been designed to do this specifically. So the profitable blockchain right now is actually Ethereum. Um, and there are a number of other blockchain-based um, coins and tokens that you can mine in a similar way. Um, there's been something interesting recently because the price of video cards has shot up because video cards are really good at doing this math. And so companies like NVIDIA have essentially limited their video cards from being able to do this. They're called limited hash rate cards so that gamers can go back to enjoying video cards for what they were truly intended for, which is, you know, killing aliens and zombies uh, versus, you know, 
crunching ones and zeros the people that have digital currency let's go back to bitcoin so why is it unprofitable for some normal guy with a normal computer to to mine it well so not only are these equations getting more and more uh difficult but they're also getting very power hungry and so with bitcoin and even with ethereum they're it's it's exceeding the capabilities of even high-end video cards for some blockchain technologies um, so folks who you know do have these high-end video cards, like I said, have started to switch over. Ethereum is still profitable. And so what they're doing is they're buying up a lot of these video cards, even the limited hash rate ones, putting them into what are called mining rigs, where you'll have like three, four, five, six video cards attached to a single computer, uh, which will then have multiple power supplies. And these things are power vampires, to say the least. And that's why these guys, for example, in Quebec, are stealing power. Because That's it costs right. so much money in electricity to power these supercomputers. That's right. So basically what you're looking at is with the computational power that you have uh, and the amount of power draw that it pulls in, you're going, to be, you're going to be able to make a certain amount of money per day. Now, your cost to power this computer, it's basically your cost of running your business, uh, can vary depending on where you are. Uh, and if power is expensive, then it becomes less profitable for you to do that. And so in a lot of cases, they're looking to eke out every last cent. So that's where they decide that they're going to steal power. This is kind of like the new grow up where the hydro companies used to drive around trying to find the the people that were sucking all the power for all the lighting that they needed to, for their underground grow yeah. operations in, in abandoned houses and stuff like that. But now it's crypto mining. So it's what's exactly to prevent that. me from like running a, an extension cord to my neighbor's house, <laughs> to one of his outdoor outlets to power my... How nice is your neighbor? <laughs> well, like what if I, you know, kind of hide it and bury it, you know? Well, and so, and so this is the thing. Your neighbor will immediately notice that power go up if you're running a mining rig of sufficient size. Yeah. You know, I've seen people on, uh, there's, an, there's a subreddit that's devoted to Ethereum mining called Ether Mining. Um, and we've seen people who posted, you know, I used to use 70 kilowatt hours or whatever it was. And it's now 700 kilowatt hours. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Which is insane. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a lot of electricity. So, I mean, if, you, if you're if you in your neighborhood and you hear the windows start up sound and the lights dim, chances <laughs> are you might have a miner in the neighborhood. So, do you still, I, I know you did crypto mining. Do you still do that? Or has it become unprofitable for you? So, here's the crazy thing. I actually, I, I bought a new video card to play my favorite video game, Destiny 2. And it's one of these limited hash rate cards. But uh, two pieces of mining software, uh, NB Miner and T-Rex Miner, have found a way to overcome that limitation. <laughs> And so I'm looking at it, and yeah, it's it's actually worth about almost $260 US per month. And because of the way that I've got my power set up here with a solar panel and a solar generator, one, I'm not contributing to climate change because I'm using the power of the sun, and two, it's actually incredibly efficient and very much inexpensive for me to run this thing. So yeah, you better believe I'm doing it again. So you're, you're making a few hundred dollars US a month in Ethereum yeah. coin. And, and really, I mean, the main reason to do this is because video cards, the price has been has shot up okay. way above manufacturer's just retail price. Okay, so, but let's and just... So let's I just, paid two grand for this card. Yeah, so let's just do the math here quickly. You paid two grand for the card. It's got to go on a computer. How much did you pay for the computer? Let's say all in this computer with the uh, the beautiful 4K high-end monitor that I've got. It's probably about 3500 bucks. Okay, so you're making 200 US. Let's say that's 300 Canadian a month. It pays off in a year. Yes, yeah. yeah. And I mean, realistically speaking for me, it paid off the moment that I got it because I got to play the video game that I wanted to at the frame rate that I wanted to. So this is all just candy. But wait, so the electricity, you're saying you're, but you had to get a whole solar rig as well. 
So maybe there's two there's years to pay this all here. I won't lie to you. Yeah. <laughs> but it, okay. So you got a solar power generator. Is, is that solar power enough to power this thing? You can't be. No, but it's, it's offsetting uh, some of the costs. So basically, I mean, I've done a couple of things. I switched to a heat pump instead of using electric baseboard heat. Um, also because this ring rig runs so hot, it's actually heating my office. <laughs> so in the winter, they're my power savings right there. Well, I, I should say, I mean, for, for the majority of my cryptocurrency, I switched over to proof of stake. Um, so for like the Terra Luna ecosystem and a few others, that to me is actually the future where we're headed. And even Ethereum is heading that way as well with Ethereum 2.0. So they say that time might be running out for cryptocurrency miners, which means we should see a glut of video cards on the market, possibly at some point in the future. But this is short lived. But I would say that I think Quebec Hydro is doing the right thing here. Don't steal power. That's not right. I think we probably confused the hell out of most of the listeners, but hopefully there's like little nuggets in there to help you understand where cryptocurrency comes from. It's, it's really fascinating how it's all kind of popped up here and we'll have more shows and segments about this. Uh, Gray, as always, uh, thanks for kind of demystifying it. <laughs> Good to be here. Back after this. You're back with the program, Mike and John here. We're going to talk uh, electricity. The world's all going that way. No more gasoline one day. Uh, and in that uh, vein, we're uh, going to be chatting about uh, Ego Power Plus. Uh, they make some really cool tools and accessories that are all electric powered. We've got Barnaby on the line from Ego. Thanks for joining us, Barnaby. Always a pleasure, my friends. Just wanted to get you uh, on uh, the show Again, we've had you on uh, in the past talking about some of uh, the tools you have. Uh, you also came out with the uh, the Nexus Power Station that uses all the cool batteries from your different tools. Just wanted to talk about uh, some of the uh, uh, things available in that line that people might uh, be interested in, especially you know if they're looking at getting uh, like a new chainsaw or even snowblower uh, and looking at gas alternatives. Again, being battery powered. Uh, uh, so you know we've talked about the lawnmowers uh, in the past, uh, but you guys also have. I mean, your batteries are powerful enough to power like a snowblower or a chainsaw. How is that possible? Well, because they are 56-volt arc lithium battery technology. It sounds like something out of Star Trek, but it's uh, simply uh, all the power and performance of gas without the noise, fuss, and fumes. We tried to figure out exactly how many um, volts it would take to give us and marry it to the engineering of the machine and just say bye-bye to gas and hello to the convenience of battery power. So Ego is now recognized as the number one rated brand of cordless outdoor power. And it's just about 50 plus tools and we'll be up to 60 before you know it. And they all run off the same battery. So once you're into the platform, you can mix and match. You can buy tools without batteries that'll drive down the cost. But again, every time you push the button, this is going to start. And you can't say that about gas because gas is truly a pain in the boop. <laughs> And he comes with his own sound effects. So, uh, Bar <laughs> Barnaby, uh, I want to talk about a snowblower. Like, that thing, it, I mean, it needs a lot of power. And, uh, you know, obviously that's why they've been gas for so long. How long would a snowblower, like an Eagle one, uh, work off uh, the batteries? Well, we've got uh, three of them now. So we've got uh, two single stage where you are probably familiar with it, you know, where you're, uh, it's a smaller um cut with and you're pushing it along it's not powered like the big two stage probably more prevalent in canada where you guys really get slammed by snow um so let's start with the uh, two stage 
I got rid of, uh, I won't mention the manufacturer's name, but I had that machine for 25 years and it probably cost me 10,000 bucks to keep it alive because it was gas. But I loved it because it just could do the job. But when I got the Ego 2 stage, I was so pleasantly surprised because this will heave snow 50 feet. So you could ostensibly put it from your driveway onto your neighbor's roof if you have a little bit of uh, fun between you. <laughs> or you know, it'll, it'll clear like an 18-car driveway of about 10 inches of snow. Sorry, 18-car uh, driveway. 18-car driveway. Where do you live, Barnaby? He lives in a mansion, I, apparently. <laughs> no, I live actually my, uh, I got a two-car driveway. Yeah. But you know, I live in a historic district in Grand Rapids, but we get over 100 inches of snow a year here. Yeah. And what I do is I just simply, once I'm out the door, my wife is like, okay, see you in a couple hours because I'll just do the neighborhood. Oh, wow. Uh, because, yeah, it's just crazy because it's all small footprints, but I just love it because it's quiet. It's powerful. It's, uh, you feel like you're uh, piloting the Starship Enterprise. There's so many cool levers and knobs and, you know, it's just an articulated experience. Uh, how much are one of these things? Uh, Canadian, I can't tell you. I can tell you that it's uh, in here in the U.S. where everybody should shop, <laughs> apparently, <laughs> because the price is lower. Uh, it's about uh, 1100 bucks, 1200 bucks. Okay, that's not bad. No. And no, so that's, that's a, that, that's a, what did you call it, a two-pass? Two stage. Uh, two stage. Two stage. Yeah. yeah. So that has the uh, the auger, you know, the big uh, teeth that uh, kind of like a chew up the snow, and then it throws it into an impeller, yeah. which is like a propeller, and then that's what heaves it out the chute. The um, single stages, which are a little less expensive, um, those things have again probably uh, you know twenty one inch cut as opposed to a twenty four inch cut um, as far as uh, path, and they'll do between a fourteen and a sixteen car driveway. So, you know, it's still... Who's, who's it's got these driveways? <laughs> I know. I know. You know, the one thing I love about Canada is the... Uh, when I was in... I think it was in um, uh, Toronto. They've got little garages that you put up for the winter. They're like just little tents. Yeah. I don't know if they rent them or not. And I desperately want one of those in my little driveway because I don't have a garage. <laughs> I'm just like, I want to keep my snow off the car if I could, but... D does the cold know. affect the battery life? No, actually... Um, well, I mean, if it's below zero, certainly. And yeah. I would always advocate that you store and charge your batteries um, indoors in the winter. Right. Uh, because, you know, you have to bring the battery to life if it is cold. And that's going to be done by simply energizing the battery by pressing the start button. And then as it works, it'll heat up. But I say just bring a hot battery to the party. And, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> okay. So right. we, we're, we're talking uh, the snowblowers there. Um, let's talk about a chainsaw. An electric yeah. powered or battery powered chainsaw, which uh, again, I just don't like, how can this be? It, it seems like a kid's toy. Yeah. Uh, like, is this going to do the same thing uh, that a gas powered chainsaw can do? Well, let me uh, reflect back to your Tesla driving experiences. When you see a Porsche pull up to you, a gas-powered Porsche next to the line, you know that you can smoke that vehicle with your <laughs> Tesla, right? Because gas is, it's I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, it's, we've got such torque and such relentless power. There is no combustion and all these components that have to work. It's simply a brushless motor just going, bam, you're off to the races. So absolutely, yeah. At, uh, Consumer Reports just did a uh, piece on our 18-inch, and they put it up against a um, 42cc, I think it's called a Yonserad, which might be a Swedish chainsaw, which one is one of the penultimate chainsaws. And they're like, uh, we like the Ego better. It does a better job. Um, so, yeah, we've uh, come into our own with this. I mean, the chainsaw is really chainsaw and a snowblower. Those are the two things that people go, no way, no way can it be like gas, but it is and better. 
How long would a battery last on a chainsaw? Well, let's talk about the 14 inch. You can cut probably 134 by fours on a single charge. So that'd be about the size of my bicep. Um, or you could cut down uh, 25 trees as big around as me, and I've got the waistline of a gymnast. So, yeah, you know, clearly. It's, um, yeah, no, not really. <laughs> but it's uh, 25 inches around, 30 inches around. I mean, you can definitely fell a lot of lumber. Yeah, but I'm, uh, I guess the thing, too, is when you run out of the battery, you, if you've got another one, you just hot swap it in. Yeah, yeah. Or sit down for uh, 30 minutes and ponder your next target and recharge it because that's another thing about our batteries they are the longest running fastest charging and longest living batteries available so that's a big question for a lot of people they go oh my gosh what if i have to replace a battery how much is that going to cost it's like well you probably are going to get 10 plus years out of a battery yeah circumstances yeah i've had my uh my lawnmower one i don't even like four years five years yeah and it's still going no problem and yeah. and that's the nice yeah. thing that lawnmower battery can work in the chainsaw, right? Right. And you know, uh, a couple of weeks ago we were talking about the Nexus power station, and let's say you buy the power station with uh, two seven point five amp hour batteries, you can just now buy a lawnmower without a battery because the seven five will fit in there. You could buy the snowblower, which takes two batteries, the big one, um, and not buy a battery. Um, so I mean you get into the system and you can start saving money as you buy more tools once you have batteries. We're talking with Barnaby from uh, Ego Power Plus. They make all sorts of great battery-powered tools from lawnmowers to blowers to snowblowers to chainsaws. Where can people find out more information, Barnaby? Well, the uh, one-stop shop is certainly going to be egopowerplus.com, but you can also uh, get it at Lowe's and Rona and uh, selected dealers throughout Canada. But I think the... um, probably the best place to go to start is egopowerplus.com because then it'll show you what the retailers are in your area. Thanks for joining us again. You know what? You guys make my day. Invite <laughs> me back again. Anytime. When we, right, come, cool. when we come back from the break, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You are back with the program. Mike and John here. I watch a lot of YouTube videos now, John. Yeah, me too. And you can actually make money on YouTube if you've got a good following and uh, a lot of uh, a lot of views. We try to with Get Connected. <laughs> so if you're listening right now, subscribe to our channel, <laughs> Get Connected on YouTube. Well, we're going to talk to actually a, a creator uh, out of uh, Ontario, Canada, who is uh, making some money with uh, his YouTube channel. We've uh, got uh, uh, Ryan Savin on the line. He is uh, the man behind Little King Goods. Thanks for joining us, Ryan. Thank you so much for having me, guys. So just to set the background here, you have uh, an online store that sells leather goods? Correct, yeah. It's an online store where I sell all of the stuff that I show on my YouTube videos. Um, yep, littlekinggoods.com. Shameless plug. <laughs> well, what's interesting, you've, uh, you've got a couple revenue streams going here. Uh, you're selling stuff through an e-commerce website, but you're also making money from your YouTube channel as well. Uh, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Yeah, so I started the leather craft part of my of my journey without YouTube. Um, YouTube was a place that I went to look how to make things. Um, I, I saw many different tutorials that other crafters had been posting before, and that's kind of how I learned to do the leather craft portion of, of what I do for my business. Um, and then I decided that, hey, um, I've got a background in photography and videography, um, and so I kind of delved and dived into the the 
YouTube, um, trying to see if I could make this a, a viable way of making money. What I love about this is you you have something that you're passionate about. You're showing people how it's made, which I think in some cases helps justify the prices you probably have to charge for your custom-made goods because a lot of people don't realize how much effort goes into making anything that's handcrafted. And by you having this channel that's showcasing all of that stuff, people can really get a good sense of what they're getting for their money and what kind of care and attention goes into it, which I think is awesome. The first video I ever made for Little King Goods was a, a video on how I crafted one of my wallets. And basically that video was the, the methods I used and just how time, um, how, uh, how much time was involved in making these products. So it would justify the cost for people buying it. How many subscribers do you have to your channel now, Ryan? We just passed 395,000 subscribers. That's not bad. <laughs> and how yeah, long did it take you to, yeah. yeah, how long did it take you to get there? Uh, I started the channel uh, three and a half years ago. First 1,000 or 100,000 subscribers came within three months. So wow. I felt like I didn't even, you know, I didn't really deserve the, you know, the $100,000 or the 100,000 subscriber plaque. Um, uh, it just came too fast, I found. And um, I was just very surprised, pleasantly surprised at just how fast uh, the subscriber count came in. Do you find that that it's a very impressive number of subscribers. Do you find that that's correlating to your actual audience or, or sorry, your customer base? Or is that just generally people around the world that are just really curious about what you're doing? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, what, what, I, what I find is that the, the engine that drives my YouTube channel. So you can get a lot of subscribers and have a high number of subscribers, but it's, it's the people, it's those subscribers that actually go to your website and, and um, you know, invest time looking at your goods and invest time in the brand. Um, I find that with numbers, numbers can lie. You can have like 5 million subscribers, but if you're only getting a thousand views per video, there's something wrong there, right? So subscribers don't, necessarily translate to sales. Uh, I think what's important here is um, just making sure that you're making the best content you can possibly put out there and be as real of a person behind my brand. So what's next for you? You've got uh, a few hundred thousand YouTube uh, subscribers, uh, you know, driving people to your, your e-commerce site, site. What's next? Uh, that's a good question. Um, so since, since I've started this, this, uh, this YouTube channel, I've noticed that a lot of uh, budding crafters or new crafters that want to get into the into the um, leather craft trade, and so um, I've, I've kind of tailored my my YouTube channel in two ways. It's it's teaching, but also showing how my products are being made. So the teaching aspect is where I would like to start going and and kind of looking into more. So I want to start this online leather craft academy and uh, i want to make sure that the people who are watching my uh, videos are understanding how things are being made and then also where to go buy the tools or supplies so i've started a, a new company called little king supply co little king supply company where i'm selling my own private label tools and materials and supplies we're talking with uh, Ryan Savin. He is uh, the man behind Little King Goods. They've got a website where they sell uh, leather 
Crafted Goods, uh, but he also has a very successful YouTube channel. So you're making money selling stuff. You're making money on uh, ad revenue from Google and, and YouTube, but also sponsorships as well. The three things are sponsored videos, AdSense, so plays, views, and then uh, affiliate links. So things that you might use in your videos. Like for me, I use different tools or different materials that I can link in the description so people can go buy them in different stores and get a commission from that. For example, you would link to uh, the Amazon page where they could buy that special little knife that you use for cutting leather, for example. Correct, absolutely. So you're stinking rich now. (laughs) No. (laughs) Far from it. But you can quit your day job. Yeah, I've been I've been doing Little King full time now for about five years. So I quit my day job about five years ago. What's your website address again, so people can check you out? Yeah, it's littlekinggoods.com. Oh, that was easy. Well, thanks for joining us today, Ryan. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been a pleasure. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You're back with Get Connected, Mike and John here. Uh, I want to throw to our our second favorite radio show, <laughs> The App Show. It's our sister program. Uh, it's on every Sunday across the Chorus Radio Network, Saturday nights uh, in Toronto. And it's an awesome program, so we uh, encourage you to tune into it. So tomorrow or Saturday night, depending where you are, uh, we're going to be talking about some interesting stuff. Uh, we're going to be chatting about what the best iPad is to buy. Can it replace a laptop? We'll also uh, be looking at QR codes. They have infiltrated our lives. They're in everything from menus to vaccination passports. What are the privacy implications? Like how much information is behind those QR codes? Well, we'll be talking to an expert uh, about that. And uh, we will also be chatting about work and stopping work. We all uh, have our jobs. You know, in the past, it was nine to five, but we're so connected now with smartphones. Can you truly ever turn off at five o'clock? Well, Ontario is looking at legislation to do just that, basically making it uh, a law that you have to be able to let your employees kind of clock off at the end of the day. So you'll stop texting me at 11 o'clock at night? No, I'll still text you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's all the time we have left for the show. I want to thank uh, everyone that helps put it together. Of course, uh, John and Christina and the rest of the folks back at the studio. We'll see you again next time.